I, I like that you're actually just saying, Hey, I'm gonna focus on my craft and do it really good. And I'll just go invest my money into syndication so I yes. can just keep building my business. I think a lot of people um, need to take that path, especially when they're a high income earner, because I see a lot of high income earners who are like, Hey, I'm going to go buy a rental property. And then they go spend like hundreds of hours researching one rental property. It's going to go yeah. make them 200 bucks a month. It, precisely. So I think that it's like an issue of focus. And what I believe to be true is like the average human has like 27,550 days on planet earth. It's about 75 years in the industrialized world. Women have a tendency to live more than men, but that's what's average. So as somebody who's entrepreneurial, you see money everywhere and there's 10 out of 10 opportunities everywhere. So I have to make an intentional, conscientious, purposeful decision about what to stack my time on top of. And what I realized is that I don't believe that people should focus primarily on their investments. The majority of people until their investments produce more income than their earned income. Okay. And that's for the most part, most people. So by staying completely dialed in and focused to selling real estate in high volume, I would still store and invest about 50% of all the income I was earning into assets that pay me money because I saw that as uh, the vehicle to create freedom. And I'm aware that that works. It takes a while, but it does work. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, you know, allows me to just be a hundred percent focused on, on what it is that I'm doing instead of getting distracted with duplexes or other yeah, things. Yeah. And I always wanted access to the investment vehicle of real estate. I think what's also true is people have to know their natural disposition. Some people are not, their natural disposition isn't to like manage or maintain or all that other stuff. And I wanted access to the vehicle. And after I sat with it for a while, I had enough cash at one point to buy my own building. Mm -hmm. But I recognized like I, I, I really didn't want to do that. I wanted to just push it over to, let's say a professional investor like yourself or like Grant or like other people Yep, be the money guy and just get distributions and get no phone calls. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, a lot of people, man, and this, since I have these talks all the time, cause I'm in a weird position where I teach real estate investing and that's like what I'm always trying to get people to do to learn on their own. But then there is the side where, you know, we have Pineda Capital and we raise money and people ask me, they're like, well, what, what path should I go? Should I learn to do it myself or should I invest with you? And usually my answer is, Hey, if you're not making any money, well, you probably can't invest with me anyway. Like yeah. you, just, you just don't have the money to do it. Yeah. So number one, definitely go to the education side. Let's teach you how to flip wholesale, make active income. But the moment you're starting to make really good money, multiple six figures, um, especially if you become an accredited investor, mm -hmm. then I'm like, well, you've got some choices. Like if your income is made through real estate, then maybe you're going to just start buying your own deals. You could do that. Okay. Most realtors aren't very good real estate investors. No. They're just good salespeople. So I'm like, if you're a realtor, it probably makes more sense to just give it to a syndicator. Like you said. Um, but if you're not in the real estate industry, man, this is where I like draw the line. And I'm like, Hey, if you're making all your money in content or you're making all your money in some random industry, you trying to go learn real estate and yeah. manage one property and do all that stuff is not smart. You yes. should just do your core business, give it to somebody you trust and just keep focus on making more money with your core business. Yeah. And to your point, I think if you're not at the accredited level, like let's say making $250,000 a year and have done that continuously for a few years, all of the money should be invested in yourself Yes, to get to a place where you're earning enough income where you can actually have enough to store somewhere. Yeah. And then from the uh, syndicator's perspective, 
Again, do I give up some return? Sure. Do I give up some tax advantages because I'm an LP and not a GP? Mm-hmm. Yes. What I'm gaining is time. Yeah. And with that time, I can pour that into other things that will make me much more money over time. And what I've learned is, is in order to, in my opinion, having like $10,000 a month in residual income for most people will pay for housing, transportation, food, and insurance. You will be financially free and independent mm-hmm. and no longer have to work specifically for money, but just for impact or because it is valuable to you or you enjoy it in some way. And to be able to get to that place, it's if I'm spending a lot of my time trying to um, get involved with investing instead of my craft, I think that it, it becomes a distraction. Oh, no, one, 100%. People just have the false narrative that they need to start investing now. Immediately. Right away. And I'm like, dude, you're broke, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a, a rental property. Yeah. Trust me, yeah. okay? You're actually going to probably get foreclosed on because you're broke. Yeah. So let's take a step back and worry about just crafting, you know, or, or honing our skills and our craft so that, you know, we can start making some good active income. Yeah, and I think people think that the mechanism to financial freedom is your the type of assets you hold or how you hold them. Mm-hmm. It's really your income. Yeah. It's the main like it's the most powerful thing that you have to build wealth. Mm -hmm. And what I've recognized is that if you can learn and make yourself valuable to the point where you can earn a meaningful amount of money, if you can get a couple million dollars working at six, 7%. Yeah. It starts to add up. It starts to add up. And then you can, uh, again, once housing, transportation, food, and insurance is covered, now you can be more bold in your decision-making. Yeah. You could be more bold with choices or vehicles that you're going to get involved in. Or, hey, I'm going to do this content thing and I want to go full out. I no longer have to worry that my family's lifestyle is going to change one bit. Yeah. So let's talk about time management and opportunity costs because that's kind of what you're referring to. And, you know, before we we jumped on this podcast, I was given your boy over there, Jose Luis, who was on an episode a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, you both are in a similar boat. You both are top producing agents. Mm -hmm. You both are in EXP. Mm -hmm. You're the only reason he has any kind of downline at all. Yeah. Because you're in and doing all the work. But nonetheless, um, you guys are both doing education as well. Correct. You both are investing in syndicate. I mean, you guys are like pretty much doing the same thing. Correct. Right. Where with all those different income streams, do you focus your time at? Yeah. So there's two mental maps that have radically changed the way that I think. And until recently, truthfully, I had a rudimentary understanding of leverage. I thought I knew what leverage was. I didn't. And the two pieces of information, one came from the almanac of Naval, Ravikant, mm-hmm. where he talks about the four forms of leverage. And at the bottom is uh, labor. And it's the lowest form of leverage because labor gets sick, it gets tired, it quits, it wants more money, you know, goes to a competitor, that sort of thing. But it's better than having no leverage. The second highest form of capital, as it goes up, it gets more powerful, is capital. Capital works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. uh, And it doesn't get sick, doesn't get tired, right? And those are the two pieces of leverage or forms of leverage that over the last couple hundred years, major institutions and individuals have used to create massive wealth. Because eventually, if you have enough capital, you can buy all the labor you need. Well, there's these two new forms of leverage that are available that within the last 30 years, all of the most richest people on planet Earth use and it they did it in 30 years where it took other people 200 years because mm-hmm. they're that much more powerful and that's content which is your game mm-hmm. which is media because that works 24 hours a day seven days a week with no geographic borders or boundaries so if i put money into a building 
it works 24 hours a day, seven days a week in a building, but it's limited in its capacity. If I put it in to content, that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, wherever there's an internet connection. And what most people don't realize what the real value is, is that the audience compounds. Yeah, for sure. Because as the audience compounds, you can service that. And you're a perfect example of that. So that's the second, the, the third highest form. And the highest form is software. Mm -hmm. It's code. Yeah. Because code has no geographic borders or boundaries either. And it also costs almost no money to duplicate or replicate once it's been created once. Mm -hmm. So if you look at all the richest people on planet Earth, Larry Ellison, Oracle, code, Zuckerberg, code, Tesla, code, right? That was the first mental map that caused me to take pause and be like, hey, this is a pattern. And I believe that if you want to create favorable outcomes, you need to recognize patterns and then use them. The second piece of information came from Hermosi because there's a five minute clip on YouTube where he talks about the opportunity ladder. And when I started to really think about that and the example he gives is like, let's say you work at a, a laundromat and you do laundry. It's like, well, do you have any leverage? No. Then it's like, all right, well, let's say you manage a laundromat, a little bit of leverage, but not much. Let's say you own the laundromat. You only have one form of leverage, which is labor. And you're, that opportunity now is limited in capacity because you can only serve people within a 15 mile radius, right? Then let's say you franchise a laundromat. Now I have another form of leverage, which is capital. I can use other people's money to build out other, uh, you know, um, laundromats. And because I've added another form of leverage, now I can do it anywhere across the country. And it turned a million dollar opportunity to a hundred million dollar opportunity. Then let's say you create software for laundromats that makes them more um, profitable, more efficient. And all you do is take a small, tiny rip, like two pennies off, you know, gross sales. Well, now, because you've added that, highest form of leverage you took of who can you serve everyone on planet earth and you took a one a hundred million dollar opportunity turned to a billion dollar opportunity mm -hmm. so i started to ask myself questions ryan i was like all right what's the equivalent of doing laundry in real estate doing deals mm -hmm. so now i mess with jose all the time I'm like hey bro, are you doing laundry you want me to send you some detergent right what's the equivalent of managing a laundromat having a team mm -hmm. what's the equivalent of owning a laundromat owning an office i used to own part of an office right yeah so owning an office, you're limited in capacity, you have only labor, and it's a limited opportunity. What's the equivalent of franchising? Those are these large franchises like Keller Williams, Century 21, they take a small franchise fee and they do, it's top line revenue, yeah. which is rev share, mm -hmm. and they can do it all across the country. Mm -hmm. But then I started to ask myself, what's the equivalent of software? Mm -hmm. What is software that you can plug into to do transactions? Because all brokerages are, are really just platforms to process transactions with some kumbaya and some handholding. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that cloud-based brokerages like eXp, it's just software. Because for 150 bucks and $85 a month, you can plug into the software anywhere on planet earth. So as I looked at those two, I realized, oh, I'm not doing the media piece. That's mm -hmm. why I got in contact with you and yep. your team. Yep. Because I recognized the pattern. Then I recognized, oh, doing deals is the lowest form. I'm on the lowest part of the opportunity ladder. Yep. And I was at a place in my life at 42, like my kids are 13 and 10. I wanted to reclaim time because yeah. traditional success in our business is working 70, 80 hours a week. And you pound on your chest grossing like a million five, but your net is like, you know, after expenses is not that much. Mm -hmm. And you're sacrificing a lot mm -hmm. to do that because there's no way around it. There's only so much time in a day.